0: We got the alternative energy right. and we kill our free autonomy we
1: and welcome to the radioactive show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally
2: on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced on the stolen land of the Rwandari people. My name is Mara. On this week's show, we look at the role of our Panzer, the Australian Radiation Protection and Nuclear Safety Agency, Australia's nuclear regulator. We speak to the organisation's CEO, Carl Magnus Larsen, about ARPANZA's role in Australia's radiation safety. But first, we'll speak to Dr Rick Tinker, Section Manager of Assessment and Advice at ARPANZA about the importance of radiation safety. Hi, Rick. Can you introduce yourself, please?
1: Yes, my name's Rick Tinker. I'm Director of the Assessment and Advice Section at PANSA, the Australian Radiation Protection and Nuclear Safety Agency.
2: And what does your work and in, in,
1: involve? Uh, so we're involved in undertaking health impact assessments of ra- different radiation exposures that occur in the environment. Yeah. Uh, radiation exists all around us. It's in the air we breathe, uh, the food we eat, th- the buildings we build. Uh, and it's also artificially injected into, into our environment as well. So we need to be able to understand uh, the levels of radiation in our environment as well as uh, the potential risks from exposure.
2: Thanks. And so what is um, a role in the development and enforcement of the um, national codes and safety guidelines? Um, how do you ascertain what an acceptable level is? Uh,
1: so a, a develops uh, a range of uh, radiation protection documents and, and guidelines. Uh, it does this uh, based on uh, best international practice, uh, our expertise uh, in, in the area uh, and the evidence that science generates o- over time. So they're evidence-based uh, guidelines uh, and they're also Australian-specific as well. So we, we cater for, for the Australian environment. Uh, these documents are, um, they are endorsed by our Radiation Health Committee before being published by the CEO of APANSA.
2: Thanks. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add about what you do, how you do it and how you got to be here?
1: Uh, Yes, um, radiation protection is uh, such an important element of of what we do. We we need to ensure that uh, the exposures that potentially occur in the past or now or in the future are understood, and we have a whole range of different uh, capabilities to be able to do that. Uh, We have expertise in measurement, so we can measure radiation in the environment, Uh, and we also have the capability to predict what those... Those levels and how impacts could be.
2: Thanks for that. Um, thanks for that, Rick. Thank you so much for your time today and for joining us on the Radioactive Show. Thank you. That was Dr. Rick Tinker, Section Manager of Assessment and Advice at ARPANSA. Next, we'll hear from Carl Magnus Larsen, ARPANSA's CEO. Oh, Magnus, thank you so much for joining us on the Radioactive Show today. Pleasure. Now, to start off with, can you please tell me a little bit about our ARPANSA? What's its role?
0: Well, our ARPANSA is a Commonwealth agency and it's a regulator for Commonwealth uh, activities that involve radiation. We also provide advice and we also provide services, all of that for the, for the purpose of protection of people and the environment for, uh, from any harmful effects of radiation. And we also do research in nuclear safety radiation protection and in medical use of radiation.
2: So there's a lot going on. Yes, <laughs> indeed. How does it fit into the Australian framework of Commonwealth State Territory responsibilities in radiation safety?
0: Well, we do regulate Commonwealth entities that use to generate radiation, but we also lead the work on establishing a national uniform framework for radiation protection and nuclear safety. And so uh, state and territory regulators have very significant roles and responsibilities for regulating, for instance, radiation, use of radiation in medicine and industry. But all nuclear facilities in Australia are regulated by Arpensa mm-hmm. and also all other Commonwealth entities that use or generate radiation.
2: Uh huh, thanks. Um, and so, what do you say is Arpensa's strengths and weaknesses?
0: I think Arpensa has considerable strength in terms of uh, subject matter competence and um, we're internationally recognized in uh, many of the areas that we're working in nuclear safety and radiation protection Um, where we might not be um, suitably fitted out for the time being is uh, to participate more actively in the public debate and to uh, participate in discussions with different stakeholders or community groups in, in general um, we are not simply not resourced for that mm. uh, we do try to provide such advice as much as we can via our website and also in particular targeted um, activities uh, in relation to such activities for instance like the National Radioactive Waste Management facility that is currently being discussed uh, but we are not really Resourced to participate
2: in the broader debate in society and I understand that you actually went out to um, the Hawker region where they are proposing to put the radioactive waste facility.
0: Yeah, that is correct. We have been out so far twice, and uh, we uh, plan to be out there maybe three or four times a year that is dependent of course on how the process is progressing, and Especially uh, we the had very very mm-hmm. fruitful. Discussions, I think, with a lot of different community groups and uh, with council and so forth.
2: Mm -hmm. So how are final decisions made, um, say, in this example of approving a mine or storage or disposal facility? What's our panzers' role in that decision-making? I understand it's the minister's um, role to make the final decision, but how does our panzer play in that?
0: Well, the uh, licence, if it were to go ahead, requires a license from, sorry, the facility if it was to go ahead would require a license from ARPENSA. And um, uh, it would also require um, being reviewed under the uh, EPBC Act, the Environmental Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act. Uh, but um, ARPENSA is an ultimate decision maker here.
2: Uh-huh. And what influence do you have over government? Do you have an advisory capacity or...?
0: Well, we have an advisory capacity. Uh, we advise the government uh, on all different aspects of radiation protection and nuclear safety when required or when issues come up. Uh, that doesn't mean that there are passes as the policy. No, the policy you're not
2: government. the government. <laughs> you're a government department. No, exactly. That's different. Yeah. So do you have any power of veto, if, um, given that the final decision is in the hands of the Minister? Like if the Minister made a decision that our panza thought was, I mean this is probably unlikely, un- unsafe or whatever, would you have any say in, in that?
0: Well, if uh, our panzer were to take a decision that goes against the applicant, uh, the applicant can within 28 days um, uh, file uh, with the Minister a uh, mm-hmm. request to, to overturn the decision, uh, the, uh, then the minister will then have to look into that and may take the decision to uphold the decision or to uh, overturn it. Um, whatever the decision is by the minister cannot be vetoed by our panther. So this is a mechanism by which the decision taken by our panther is being escalated to the minister, but it cannot be escalated from the minister back to our mm-hmm. All
2: right, And um so what is ARPANSA's relationship with ANSTO? Um, how do the two organisations re- um, interact, given that you're both um, very different government departments?
0: Yeah, correct. Uh, ANSTO is obviously one of the Commonwealth entities uh, to use or, or produce radiation, and they are being regulated by ARPANSA. So they have to comply with uh, all the provisions in the ARPANSA Act, in the Australian Radiation Protection and Nuclear Safety Act and the regulations and with the license conditions that we impose. And um, uh, they're also subject to our uh, uh, inspection program and compliance monitoring program more generally. So we, the relationship is that of a regulator that's being our PANSA and a regulated entity that's being
2: mm-hmm. Um And could you please give us an overview of our ARPANSA's role, responsibilities and activities in relation to the federal government's National Radioactive Waste Management Project?
0: Yeah, a little bit as I alluded to before, Mm -hmm. we are the the regulator, we set the criteria for the information that the applicant will have to submit to Pensa in order for us to uh, make an assessment whether this facility can go ahead, um, bearing in mind that the object of the RPANSA Act is the uh, protection of health and safety of people and the protection of the environment. And uh, there won't be a uh, license issued if there are doubts around the protection of health and safety of people and the environment. So uh, we do set the requirements for the information that needs to be submitted to us. We also participate in, um, in the debate that is going on in the uh, uh, communities that might be identified by <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, the, so the Department of Industry has stated on its website that the facility will be owned and operated by the Australian government. Um, yes. Is that an accurate reflection of the operations of the planned um, radioactive waste facility? Yeah.
0: Yes, it is. This is a, this is a Commonwealth facility, mm-hmm. as we call it, in, under the Act, so it comes under our regulatory regime, so that's correct.
2: Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. You're listening to the Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We're speaking with Carl Magnus Larson, CEO of Arpanza, Australia's nuclear safety agency. Um, and how important is social consent, especially the traditional owners, um, in Arpanza's decision-making um, regarding the facility licensing, like the proposed site in the Hawker region is next door to an Indigenous protected area?
0: Yes. Uh, i Definitely this is an important aspect, but I would say that it's really an important aspect for the proponent, because I think it would be unwise for the proponent to go ahead and file an application with us under the RPA Act if they haven't uh, made sure that they have a, a, a public consent. Mm. Um, and, uh, well, so we have
2: a problem trying to figure out how to measure that or to gauge Well, like to it's concern. very
0: difficult to measure and uh, we haven't put in place any, uh, any actions to actually measure that. Mm-hmm. You can get a feel for it uh, during the interactions that we have and we will get a feel for it more broadly if they actually launch an application with us and uh, we will start the um, invitation for submission and the formal consultation process. Right, so it's not at that formal process yet, is it? That... It's not the formal process oh, yet. So I our see. formal role would start when we get the license application. But we have the ambition to be out there before that and interact with the with the communities already before that, because it's obvious that uh, uh, it's a um, um, legi- legitimate request from the uh, communities to know who is the regulator, mm. and what does the regulator do. And um, because of that, we have already gone out there.
2: Um, and so how is the net benefit of a national storage facility weighed against the adverse impacts on the indigenous and non-indigenous community where it could be cited?
0: Well, I think, yet again, it's the proponent that really has to make the case that there is net benefits in this facility. And our parents can only judge the net benefits from what we are mandated to do in, according to the Act. And mm-hmm. that, again, is the yeah. Now, there are many other aspects of that, and I think that it would be wise for the proponent to weigh that in as well, and that will also be covered in the review process under, for instance, the CPC Act that I referred to
2: previously. Uh-uh. Um, and just to clarify, when you say the proponent, do you mean um, Mr Chapman, who nominated the site, or do you mean the oh, government? Oh, no,
0: I mean, in this particular case, I mean the Department of Industry.
2: I thought you uh, might. I just wanted to yeah. clarify that. Thank yes. you. Um and so does Pansa have any concerns about the tension between the planned federal government facility and the South Australian law that at the moment precludes um, such a facility?
0: Well, I can just say that I would expect that uh, when the, uh, the proponent here is going to lodge, will, will lodge an application, I expect them to have sorted out any potential conflicts between states and, uh, and the federal legislation and make it clear to me uh, when I review the application that, that has actually happened. So I think that uh, it's yet again the responsibility of the proponent of the facility to make sure that we don't have any of these conflicts.
2: Mm-hmm. And so along with, still in South Australia, along with the National Waste um, Plan, South Australia is also actively considering a proposal to house large volumes of high-level international waste. So clearly these are separate processes, but both involve talk of radioactive waste in South Australia. Um, Do you think that this has confused the perception or the progress of the Federal Waste Plan?
0: Well, what we can see is definitely that there has been confusion on many of the questions that we get. Uh, are obviously based on the fact that it's difficult to differentiate between the two processes there are two di- very different processes actually you now the one that originated from the south australian royal commission mm. and the other that has to do with the uh, national waste facility um, but certainly there has been an element of confusion here
2: yeah it does seem that people are getting their different waste facilities confused a little bit which is yeah well we're here to clarify those issues um, to what extent do you think that these plans have been conflated or linked in the view of stakeholders and the wider community?
0: It's difficult to say. Uh, I wouldn't uh, exclude that it's actually linked and that people can feel linkage between, between them or can perceive that there is a linkage between them. Uh, but I really don't have a very good answer to that question because I, I really can't quantify that.
2: Mm, that's a difficult one, yeah. Um, so what role or advice, if any, has our panzer played to date in the planned international high-level waste project?
0: Well, the role that we play was a role in the um, uh, uh, providing advice to the South Australian Royal Commission. Mm-hmm. So we yeah, participated uh, actively in that uh, by outlining um, aspects, different aspects of uh, nuclear regulation. We have also participated in the different hearings. We have been uh, um, talking about and given evidence on radiation effects and radiation risks, on transport of radioactive material, on uh, regulation, nuclear regulation, and so forth.
2: Mm-hmm. And I imagine that the role might be similar in your role in the in the national waste management. Project. What um, role and advice is that plan to play? Yeah, What's but
0: that? the uh, National Waste Facility, of course, we have a more direct role as a mm-hmm. decision maker. So it's uh, while we have a role as well as providing advice and information on nuclear safety and radiation protection issues, we are also a decision maker in
2: that particular case. Mm-hmm. So how do you think, we've got this waste, it needs to be dealt with responsibly and safely for quite a while. How do you think um, Australia's waste should be stored and where?
0: Well, one has to be very clear about responsibilities here. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, we should always emphasise that the proponent and an operator of facility is the one that has the ultimate uh, responsibility for safety. Mm -hmm. And we don't develop policy, as we were saying before. Yeah. Uh, We don't develop the plans for the storage. It's entirely the responsibility of the proponent and operator. What we do have responsibility for is to make sure that um, whatever proposed facility uh, that might be licensed uh, conform to very stringent requirements with regard to protection of health and safety. And that's really where our role is. Mm -hmm. So it's not up to us, and I don't think that it would be appropriate for us to enter into a discussion what should be done with it. Uh, It's for uh, other bodies to do, and we have to distinguish between the responsibilities, because otherwise, if we blur this demarcation, uh, it might be that a regulator uh, unintentionally assumes some responsibility that the regulator shouldn't have, the responsibility for safety should always be with the proponent and the operator.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and so under what circumstances would and does our Panzer have any power to block a decision by the Minister to site a radioactive waste facility?
0: Uh, we don't have any such uh, right of a veto or can block a decision. Um, the decision that ARPANSA is taking, if it goes against the proponent or the applicant, and uh, I would decide that the facility cannot be built, then that can be uh, then the applicant can uh, take that question to the minister. Uh, the minister then has to make a determination, and I cannot overturn that determination. So it's part of the escalation. It goes from the decision um, of our pensa to the minister, and um, it cannot go back there to uh, our again.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, now there's a move to seek World Heritage Listing for the Flinders Ranges. Does panzer have a view about the compatibility of extended radioactive waste storage or disposal and World Heritage values? Uh,
0: not at this point in time because we don't really know exactly what uh, the discussion is going to be when it finally happens and I would also say that that is an issue that fits much better under the UPBC Act as we were discussing mm-hmm. earlier where the um, um, where the question of uh, such interest is being covered. So our focus is on the protection of health and safety of people and the environment, and uh, that's what we are mandated to do. However, um, there will also most likely here be an environmental impact assessment, and I can, under the uh, legislation, request um, any impact in the assessment that has been performed by any other uh, government agency and uh, that could form part of the uh, basis for taking a decision. So indirectly, I will have access to that information and can consider it as it's relevant to us. Mm
2: -hmm. Thank you. Uh, Now, on Lucas Heights, I'm curious as to why we have a reactor at Lucas Heights that produces intermediate level waste, but um, it was uh, licensed and um, set up and up and running, but no site was... um, organized it for its permanent storage of the waste that it produces why can't the waste that it produces be kept there
0: well it can be kept there for some time but not forever because um, that is prohibited in the legislation you cannot uh, establish lucas heights as a national facility for disposal of waste and it cannot be stored indefinitely because indefinite storage essentially is disposal so um, that means that eventually there has to be a plan for the uh, final management of, of that waste. But that doesn't mean that it cannot be stored for some time uh, at Ansdell. We have licensed the facility for waste storage and they are all under our path su- supervision. And uh, storage can go on for uh, several years um, from now uh, completely safely.
2: Is that like 5, uh, 10, 50...
0: Well, we can, yeah, decades. Decades,
2: decades right. Yeah, um, yeah. And if it's a legislative reason that the waste can't be kept there, what's stopping the legislation from being changed? That's not a question for me. Oh, question fair enough, government. that's for the government. Yeah. Um, all right, so is there any licensing or regulatory requirement for waste material to be moved away from Lucas Heights? And how uh, we can...
0: What we have done with the uh, license that we have issued for the interim waste store is that we have required... And, this is going to be and under no continuous site. monitoring by our
2: uh-huh. um, So, can you please update us on the status of the current extended interim storage expansion work there at Lucas Heights?
0: Uh, the current status is that they are operating under a license issued by our PANSA mm-hmm. and uh, it's part of our surveillance program. Uh, they have also provided us with the information on, in the case, We will monitor that and we will uh, continue to request more information in order to inform ourselves what the the status is, and in particular, what the continuous planning would be if there are further delays in the establishment of the uh, national
2: facility. Mm. Well, thank you so much for making the time to speak to us today and clarifying the role of Australia's nuclear uh, regulator. We really do appreciate um, getting the opportunity to speak to you.
0: Thank you, Mara. It's been a
2: pleasure. Thank you so much. so much to our Panzer's Dr Rick Tinker, Section Manager of Assessment and Advice, and Carl Magnus Larsen, our Panzer's CEO, for their time and for speaking with us on today's show. Clearly, our Panzer has an important role in the protection of the public and of workers exposed to radiation, for example in medicine and aviation. As for radiation exposure from a uranium mining, we at the Radioactive Show believe in the precautionary principle, and that the best way to minimise exposure is to leave the uranium in the ground. Unfortunately, it's not our panzers' role to make policy, that's the government's responsibility. We hope that Environment Minister Josh Frydenberg doesn't approve any new uranium mines anywhere, in particular the three that Western Australia is facing. We hope that Resources Minister Matt Canavan takes a responsible approach to the issue of radioactive waste storage and undertakes a comprehensive inquiry rather than putting it in a remote community. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show you can download a podcast of this program at www.3cr.org.au slash radioactive. To find out more about panda you can look at their website, arpanzer.gov.au. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced in the studios of 3CR, on the lands of the Rwundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Fitzroy, Victoria and is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Music from today's show is used with permission from the Glitterats. It's called Jump at the Sun, Alagbaricardus. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.
0: Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia.
2: We rely on the financial support of listeners like yourself to keep going.
0: If you'd like to support diverse voices on your radio, go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.